Uh, good morning, Cedarmel. I'm really excited to be here this morning. My name is Pastor Charles Mugisha. I'm the president and founder of Africa New Life Ministries in Rwanda. I'm really, really excited to be before you today to thank you for the invitation, but also to thank you for your decision to make a partnership with African New Life Ministries, with African New Life Ministries to transform lives uh, by, uh, and communities by preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ um, and acting compassionately in the communities of Rwanda. As many of you understand, our nation of Rwanda in 1994 went through a terrible moment that has never happened before on the continent of Africa when we nearly lost a million people in the genocide against the Tusi people of Rwanda. And as a result, God called us to rebuild the nation. We're excited to see what God is doing. Uh, this year, we celebrate 20 years of serving orphans and needed children, training pastors, planting churches, taking care of the sick, serving God with the two hands of the gospel. And for you who will come to church on Sunday, you're going to see more of Africa in your life in the lobby. And I want to encourage you to get involved and sponsor children with Africa in your life. Uh, today, I want to bring a message, a message I really think is very important, really, really important. In fact, I've called it what matters most in the church. What is the most important thing in the church? That's a very challenging thought and a way of thinking, because if you came to my church in Kigali, New Life Bible Church, and asked a number of church members what matters. Some people will say, you know, what matters is the children's ministry because I come to church to bring my kids to the children's ministry because of where they are in their, um, in their stage of growth. Another one will say, oh, it's the teens' ministry because they have teens in their house. And another one will say, you know, it's the couples' ministry because they are younger couples, they are starting out their lives, and they are looking for ways to grow their marriage. You know, people will decide on what is most important in the church best at where they are in their lives. And most of us, we are actually selfish. We want what we want out of the church instead of what we actually offer to one another in the church. So today I want to talk about again what is most important in the church. And to find out what is most important in the church, we want to go to the scriptures and find out what God tells us to be most important within the community of believers. In the book of John, chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, very important scripture, the Bible says, John 13, 34 to 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What is most important in the church? I want to openly say it's love. 
Love is the most important thing in the church. By the way, love is the most important thing in every way. Even in your marriage, love is the most important thing. It's not the activities. It's not the things you have. It's not the programs. It all zeroes down back to love. And God understands love more than we do to the level that God had to send his own son to love us back to him through the death of his son on the cross. So the son of God tells us, a new command I give you. You guys may have 10 commandments. You may have all these regulations and rules, but a new command I give you. Love one another. I wish this can ring in everyone's mind this morning. Hearing the Spirit of God say to you, there are so many things on the top of your mind, but listen to me, a new command, I give you love one another. And it says, love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. That's, that's, that challenges me. Because Christ loved me when I was still a sinner. He loved me even when I didn't know him. He, he, he chose to reveal himself to me. And prompted me by his own grace to respond to his love. And when I look at all this, it's all by his grace and his own work into my heart. What a beautiful uh, relationship. And then he says, you must. So it's an imperative. It's a must. You don't have to negotiate. There's, we don't negotiate with God over this issue. God says, you must. You are commanded to love. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Why love matters most? Again, let us look at the scripture in the first epistle of John chapter 4 verse 16. Why love matters most? Why love is number one? It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known it. We have believed it. We have experienced it. In other words, we know God. We know God. And it says God is love. This is our conclusion. God himself is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. In love, we find the intersection of man and God. And through his son, he loved us at the cross. He showed the extent of his love. And we respond by loving him and loving others. Why is love most important in church? I want to say that it is in loving we are most likely going to look like a God. So love is the foundation of every command God has given us. When you look at it, the Bible says God is love. Therefore, in loving, we become like him. God is love. And in loving, 
we become more like him. Some of us talk about being transformed in the image of Christ. Let me tell you, the quickest process to being transformed into the image of Christ is to love like God. Because when you love, then you are quickly being transformed into his own image. And that is very important. I personally have gone through the crisis of love, especially when I have to love outside my comfort zone. And gradually, I am learning that I don't have to like you to love you. There are so many people I'll never like, but God calls me to love them. In fact, I'm learning the difference between liking someone and loving someone. I'm going to like someone because we have shared attributes. We have a relationship. We, we maybe went to the same school. We have years of friendship. Um, and so many reasons I'm going to decide to like someone. And there are people I naturally like because somehow the chemistry in our lives works so quickly. But then the other people... I'll never like them. They are diff so different from me. But God calls me to love them and to love them just like Christ loved them. Because by doing that, the Bible teaches me that I truly become a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says they shall know you and they shall know that you are my disciples because you love one another. And that is a crisis of love for me, to learn to love others, to prove to the world that I am a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. A few months ago, I had an experience of going to my uh, community, the Southern Party of Rwanda. That's where my father and mom and my granny, great parents, were raised. We're originally from the part of Rwanda called Gikongolo, which is about um, 30 minutes away from Huye, where you guys are partnering with us to do African New Life Ministries, plant a church, sponsor children, and get involved in that community. And in that southern part of Rwanda, uh, especially in Gikongolo, that's where the genocide started from. And in that part where the genocide started from, my family was killed. We lost so much. And my family has gone through losses for over, uh, now I would say, over 30 years. By 1994, now it's nearly 50 years of generational losses in that community. And my mom and dad had to run away and be refugees from their community for over a period of 30 years. And finally, in that place, for me, you would compare it to Jonah and Nineveh. Those are the kind of people I don't want God to save. And God calls us into that community to go start a ministry, start a church, uh, Sponsor children. Personally, in my journey in the crisis of love, I struggled to go there. But one day, I made a decision that I'm going to go to Gikongolo. I'm going to go in the neighborhood of where my mom 
was raised and we're going to start a church right now as I speak we're in the process of building a church in that area and for me the real test of love in my heart for my enemies was the whole idea of standing on the ground in the community and for the first time I felt love for those people I felt love for the children. I felt love for the poor. I felt love for those who don't have Jesus. It was like a taking charge to a lab to really determine if Pastor Charles' heart has changed towards his enemies and he now loves them like Christ loves them. It really helps because because the most important thing in a community which tells you the spiritual health of the community or an individual of a, a Christian is his capacity to love his enemies. Capacity to love his enemies. I love what Paul taught in the scriptures. And Paul was a very smart person. In fact, Paul is my favorite theologian, if we can think of theologians. Paul, in his writings, he said that no, it, no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I am bankrupt without love. You know, Paul, as a scholar, he would have put doctrine on the top. Paul, as a gifted leader, he would have put leadership on the top. Paul, as a gifted writer, he would have put writing on the top. Paul, as a guy who had a gift of speaking in tongues, he would have put speaking, the, uh, speaking in tongues on the top. But Paul says, no, none of those things. It doesn't matter how gifted I am. If I don't have love, I am bankrupt. I am just making noisy. Church, let us be awakened to the whole idea of loving one another and loving our enemies. Because if we don't, the Bible says we are empty. We don't even have what we claim to have. We may have a statement of faith. We may have a theology. All those things are important. We may have a political ideology. All those things are important. We may have the best uh, worship style that is yet to be discussed because everyone thinks he's his best. When you come to Rwanda, we make a lot of noise and dance and jump and we think he Ours is the best. I tell them it's empty. It's just noisy without love for one another. So let us strive to be people who love each other and serve the Lord in love. Now, what is love according to the Bible? When I talk about love, what am I really meaning? I remember when we were younger people, we used to say, Love is the feel you feel before you feel a feel that fills you. So it was all about a feeling. But let's go back to God's word. What is love? The Bible teaches us that love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. It does not dishonor others. 
is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Man, look at all these different ways to define love. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. First Corinthians chapter 13 defines what love is. Paul defines what love is for us. We need as a church to be constantly reminded to make love a top priority. I have found out that I don't preach enough about love in the church. Um, I think I need to do it more. I think we need to emphasize the whole idea of love within a church family. Churches have so many problems. We have so many challenges. We are human beings working together, living together. And if you put two, three, four people together without love, it's very hard to maintain fellowship. It takes all this idea of being patient and kind and, and not being proud and honoring each other. You put a hundred people together, different from different backgrounds and, and groups of people and races and various educational backgrounds without love. There's no way we can prove to the world that we are truly disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly disciples. Therefore, I really think we need to make it a priority. I really think we need to preach about love more than we preach about money. I really think we need to preach about love more than we preach about tithing. I really think we need to preach about love more than we preach about leadership. Because if we can do love right, there are so many things we will do, we'll be able to do right. Very important. That will deliver us from just being a church that makes noise. I think the biggest challenge we have today uh, uh, from the secular world, the secular world continues to tell us that we are making noise. We are not living out what we say. And God calls us to love him by worshiping him, but also God calls us to love people by serving them, by being their true neighbors. And as we do that, we make some really uh, strong statement out there. That's why at African New Life, we say preaching the gospel with the two hands, the two hands of the gospel. We preach and make noise and teach. I'm making noise right now. I'm speaking out. But then I have to prove that it's more than noisy by acting out compassionately in the community where I live. I call that serving God with the two hands because the two hands actually feel the people we are serving. I want them to have a full cup as I serve them with the two hands of the gospel. 
But we also need to remember, like I say, that love is the best evaluation for our spiritual maturity. In the past, we've had different ways of evaluating spiritual maturity in our churches. Uh, for some people, it's the number of class and the school classes you've been to. For some people, it's the number of church services you attend. For some people, it's how much you give to the church. Finally, I want to say no. We're going to prove your spiritual maturity by the way you love others. One of the ways God measures our spiritual maturity is by the quality of our relationships. And I think I'm getting old, maybe. Uh, that's why I'm thinking about relationships more. It's so important to have authentic, beautiful, godly given relationships in heaven god won't say tell me about your career tell me about your leadership tell me about your bank account tell me about your hobbies instead god will review us on how we treated other people especially those in need and our enemies in fact loving my enemies is the best test for my character, best test for my character. And maybe it's because I have lived in a hostile environment for many years and God is teaching me to show that I am a disciple of Christ by the way I love people. Quickly, before I finish, I want to talk about a few ways of how we can practically be a loving community. Number one, let us maintain a harmonious atmosphere at, at whatever cost it takes us. We maintain a harmonious atmosphere. Sometimes we have to lose to be able to, uh, to maintain a harmonious atmosphere. In Romans 12, 16 and 18, the Bible says, live in harmony with one another. Romans 12, 16 to 18. Don't be haughty. But associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Wow, that's very humbling. That's a challenge. It takes humility to create a harmonious environment. Number two, let us commit to being a people lover and encourager. People lover and encourager. You know, I can be very busy. And sometimes I can be driven by projects and, and programs. I'm a very active human being. I'm, I'm so much of a doer. And God reminds me again and again, Charles, it's not about what you do. It's not about the projects. It's about people. And when I miss the people and focus on just doing, it's actually going through the emotions of the day. It does not result into impact. We impact lives by the way we love them. And people are going to know that you love them. They're going to know. They're going to feel it. They're going to experience it. 
And you know what I want to see in this world? I want people to experience God through my life. God wants the world to experience his love through you. God wants the world to actually know that you are the disciples of Jesus Christ. God is looking for disciples. The world is looking for the disciples of Jesus. They are looking for men and women who are, who, who are imitating Jesus and still representing Jesus here on the earth. And unfortunately, we have a crisis of love in the church because we are distracted by the world some of us are distracted politically we're distracted by political ideologies um, i want to remind you that jesus wasn't a republican neither democratic uh, jesus was a son of god and he came to bring no party but he came to reconcile enemies and you know that is the focus of the church, is to reconcile enemies. Jesus started a church, not a political party. And the church should be focusing on reconciling enemies. That's the power of love. That's the power of the cross. So I want to be a people lover. I want to be a people encourager. I want to I wanna encourage you to determine from this day forward to make it your goal every day to find someone to encourage by your smile by your gift by how you help them when you come to the church most of the times we are waiting for the ushers and the deacons and the elders to encourage us can you find ways to encourage your elders find ways to encourage your pastor find ways to encourage the ushers be a real disciple of Jesus Christ. Demonstrate your maturity by loving outside your comforting zone. Number three, let us value every person and don't judge. And that's another crisis of love, valuing every person. You know, we have a way of measuring who is important to us and who is not. I want to remind you what the Bible says. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 6, Don't judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the same measure you use, it will be used to you. Why do you look at the sun dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the spark out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? And the Bible says we are hypocrites. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you see clearly to remove the spark from your brother's eye will see clearly. Love, and when you love, you actually see clearly. When we, instead of, instead of making judgment, when we make a choice to love, we see clearly. Love gives us sight. Love gives us capacity 
to see things like God sees them. But also, as we think about the whole idea of um, valuing every person and not judging people, we also have to mind what we say. Many times we make small statements that dehumanize other people. And God calls us to hold on those statements and speak out what encourages others. And the last one I'm going to use is that let us love outside our comfort zone. And like I told you, the southern part of Rwanda, Yamagabe, Yikongolo, for me to go there was to love outside my comfort zone. Luke says in chapter 6, verse 31 to 36, Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? If you like those who like you, even sinners love those who love them. I call that liking people may not really be love. But if you do, but if you do, but if you do good to those who are good, what credit is that for you? Bible says even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Be good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get something back. Then the Bible says your reward shall be great. Your reward shall be great. Do you want a great reward? Love across your zip code. Love across your zip code. Don't be stranded into your zip code. Move out of your zip code and love people who are different from who you are. Because the Bible says, then your reward will be great. And above all, you will be called the children of the Most High. Is that not the best way to live for you to be called the children of the Most High? He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Wow. What is the most important thing in the church? I want to say again, it's love. Loving God through worship and loving the brethren. God commands us to do that for the world around us. And as we love the brethren, love our enemies, love those who don't love us, love those who are different from us, love those who are on a different zip um, code, love those who are of a different color and language and culture and ways of doing things. The Bible says we shall be called the children of the Most High God. I want to be the child of the Most High God. You are a child of the Most High God. So live out your new status in God. Again, thank you for the opportunity of bringing the message and the word of God to you this morning. May God bless you. I want to make a short prayer for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for this community of faith. I want to thank you, God, for generations, generations and generations of men and women in this place 
who have lived out to be a witness in this area, in this city, in this state. Father, I pray that you bless them. And I pray for the rest of us that, Lord, you help us to do what we must do in your kingdom. And that is to love the world and prove to the world that we are truly your disciples. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your protection. And thank you for the good things you do for us. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you.